3: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
0: Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Today, we're going to talk about firework safety. After all, just because they're popular on the 4th of July doesn't mean that now you can't use them any time of the year. We're going to get some good fire safety tips. Also joining us today, we're going to meet a fellow who has been part of a family that has a law legacy in northeastern Pennsylvania. 60 years in business And we're going to start off By introducing you To Jim Martin and Carol Zubris. They are with the Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame Jim Martin, welcome Nice to have you here The Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame Can you give us some history?
1: The existence of the Hall of Fame Has been since 1985 We have over 670 inductees at the chapter level and we have 39 inductees at the state level. We are a community service organization and that has just come about over the last five years in that we are partnering ourselves with other parts of the community uh, to help in their free flow and their existence with such a large volume of membership that we have we are able to reach out and Help to embrace other organizations like this year. We picked up two partnerships in the Luzerne County Challenger Baseball program, which has now found a home at the Bog in Miners Mills. Wilkesbury City has provided them with uh, a field and they are renovating it to make it completely ADA compliant, which we are a huge part of, and also with Special Olympics. Uh, just recently, we had an athlete, the mountaintop area, Adam Keller, uh, participate in Abu Dhabi. And he became a world champion uh, for a couple events in the Special Olympics, representing our area. We're going to be inviting him and his parents to our dinner, which is going to be on August the 11th of this year at the Gennetti Hotel Complex in Wilkesbury.
0: And we're going to talk lots more about that because you have that open to everyone to come and enjoy. So who would be some of the members of the Luzerne County Hall of Fame?
1: To be eligible to be a Hall of Fame member, you they have to meet a couple of certain nominating criteria. Um, you could be, unfortunately, deceased and have had great notoriety or been a uh, an accomplished community servant uh, as a result of sports. You, you can be someone who's re- retired from the sport for five years or you could have been a participant in the sport for 10 years. So it gives us a wide range range of ability to accept nominations from people, because you don't have to be uh, a Olympic champion. You could be someone who uh, just contributed as a team member, someone recognized by your core individuals in your sport, and what you've done with sport, how you have paid it forward. With sport what are you doing to be a good community servant leader and these are all the criteria that we really look at when we have our selection committee get together and say is this the kind of person that we would like to uh, have representing us Uh, a lot of folks that could could be great athletes don't really end up coming back to be someone who you'd want to align yourself with but but moving also on that thought Um, this this isn't an elitist organization. What we do is we try to encompass and embody everybody and all sports. The big thing is, is gender equity with us. We make sure that men and women alike are both recognized, diversity uh, of sport. It's not just baseball, basketball, football, boxing. We have figure skating. We have uh, shooting uh, in the Olympics. We have kayaking. We have billiards. I mean, if you were to look at our 670-member roster, you would see such a wide range of sport which is being embraced by our organization.
0: Who makes the nominations?
1: You can do it a number of ways. You can go to our website, which is Luzerne County Sports Hall of and you can nominate somebody online there. You can mail it to us. You can call us. We're very visible in the community. Carol uh, Zubris, who is with me today, our historian. she uh, she's very well known in the community. We're very approachable so they can the probably the best way to do it would be to go on our, our website and just contact us through that and and we welcome everybody
0: all right well you just did my introduction for me we're going to in we're going to bring along carol zubris and carol wears many hats and not only is uh, jim mentioned is she the historian of the luzerne county sports hall of fame but she's also an alum first of all tell us about your experience
2: because you are in for what for my contributions to the sport of figure skating i started at the icerama I guess in 1977, and I never got off the ice with the Learn to Skate program and introducing skaters to the sport when the arena was built, attracting the uh, top Olympians coming in, making sure that they got recognized, like Tara Lipinski, Scott Hamilton, always having a proclamation.
0: Disney on ice.
2: Disney on ice, getting to skate with Disney on ice. Mm-hmm. And who thought that a little girl who used to skate in Brookside could skate with Disney on ice, and I did it that's one thing about this organization you know it's if you are thrilled about a sport follow your passion and that's what I did I might not be the greatest skater in the world but I'm certainly most passionate about it and in my travels of ice skating I met a young man called Adam Rapon, who I'm still friends with today and kept that connection with him through ice skating and the learn to skate and uh, the Keystone State Games where I got to judge him and had the opportunity to interview him a couple of times with Happenings magazine and before you know it here we are at P.O. Chang, you know, he's already, you know, won a bronze medal for the United States, a figure skating team, international phenomenon, and I reached out to his mother and I said, do you think it's possible Adam could send a pair of his ice skates for our Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame trophy case? And within six months, he mailed them personally to me, and there they are at the uh, airport. You
0: just brought up my next question. You have this trophy case, and What's
2: in it besides Adam's skates? Oh, there's just memorabilia from the past. I say, couple of decades from our local athletes. Um, all kinds of sports. Oh, do we have some things from the Olympics in there as well, Jim?
1: We have a jacket from Lauren Powley, who was on the 2008 Olympic team representing USA. It's the jacket she wore walking into the opening ceremonies in Seoul, Korea, and uh, it's it's a, it's really a the fulcrum of the. Of the whole display. It's a museum like exhibit which we have right there at the entrance to on the second level of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport.
0: What made you decide to put it there?
1: Uh, my mom.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. I was picking up my mother at the airport. Now we had been the, housed originally at Ashley Furniture Warehouse. Joe Hurley, who is one of our past presidents, had a vision and he said, Let's. Let the community enjoy what we already enjoy through sport by actually seeing artifacts and on the second level of ashley furniture warehouse they actually had trophy they had cases i don't like to call them trophies to me these are these are the essence of the individual these are exhibits museum-like pieces that are artifacts that people will uh say oh my god that jacket walked into that stadium and, and and was taking pictures of people in the stands. I mean, it's almost like you can stand next to them as they're making their movement with that artifact. But he had that vision. But unfortunately, uh, there was a fire, and we had to take all of our memorabilia out of that, that warehouse. So we've been searching for a while. It had been in storage, well-kept. And um, I was picking my mom up at the airport. She was coming in from Florida. And I looked, and I saw this... Huge trophy case, (gasps) big display area. And I thought to myself, that would be perfect for what we're trying to get accomplished. And I know that Carl Beardsley, who is the executive director for the wilkes barre International Airport, mm-hmm. uh, is very open and very civically and community-minded. I mean, over 330,000 people go through that airport a year. That's a good enough that, reason. That's, <laughs> a, that's a good enough reason. So I approached him. I walked in. And my mom was, I brought her in tow. And we walked inside. I said, Uh, Mr. Beardsley, I mean, I see that you have a small amount of stuff in that case. I said, how would you like to have an artifactual museum uh, right here on site that we would continuously take care of and upgrade to link you to both the Wilkes-Barre and Scranton areas? Uh, As far as sports are concerned, he was totally enamored by that.
0: So when we say Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame, it's not actually just Luzerne County residents then? Because, as Carol mentioned, Adam Rippon was from Lackawanna County.
1: Right. He's from Clark Summit. Now, we work in conjunction with what's called the Northeastern chapter of the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame. That's a totally different entity. They have counties in the northern tier that they work we, even as Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame, are not just Luzerne County. We are take care of Wyoming, Bradford, Sullivan, and Northern Columbia counties. So all the athletes from all of those encompassing areas are with us also and are eligible for induction in our Hall of Fame. And we're very proud to say that this year, for the very first time since 1985, we have an athlete representing each one of those counties being inducted into our 2019 class of inductees.
0: Now, tell us about that banquet, because again, this is going to, if with, now I realize that you have all these counties, more seats have just <coughs> been added to Genetis. Oh, without, <laughs>
1: without a doubt. On August the 11th, 2019 at the Genetti's Convention Center in Wilkes-Barre. We are going to hold our 2019 banquet. And we've had that banquet every year since 1985. And I'm telling you, we have 670 individuals wow. that have gone through this process. We've had uh, Jimmy Cephalo. We have Dr. Walter Tewksbury, Olympic athlete from the Tunkhannock area. Uh, Charlie Trippi uh, in our Hall of Fame, who Pittston Area Stadium is named after. Emblazoned in on the whole body of the hall of fame dinner and ceremony uh we are now reaching out to all the other communities which we serve and bringing in all those fine athletes also in this year's class if i may I name who they are absolutely okay uh robert barberry football Pittston area football coach their first football coach chris Wattis, the uh, coach from misericordia university for the track and field and cross country nationally renowned runner uh christine strumsky from the Wyoming County area, who started Little League girls softball in the Tunkanic area over 40 years ago, wow. and in our in our case at the Scranton Airport, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport, we have the Tunkanic Little Girls jersey, oh. helmets, and gloves that they used to play in in Oregon in the World Series. They have allowed us, along with Adams skates, to place that in what we have the Hall of Fame Sports Spotlight. These people are not in the Hall of Fame but it's a recognizable event that we move every couple of months and we put other ones in and out of it so that uh, we can say, these are our future Hall of Famers.
0: Absolutely.
1: After that is Joy Gallagher from the Hazleton area, a basketball and uh, softball standout at Wagner University. Joseph Karkutsky, who still holds most of the tackling records at Brown University for football. Kelsey Kolodziejczyk on the USA Olympic team, uh, 2016 uh, representing us in Rio de Janeiro. Bo Orlando played for George Curry in the Berwick National Championship years. West Virginia University, Houston Oilers, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Brooke Yeager, New uh, New York Athletic Association uh, champion, uh, assistant wrestling coach at Wilkes University, an MAC championship uh, wrestler himself. Laura Whalen Slane, a girl who attended uh, Crestwood High School, Rutgers University, and was the player of the year for Rutgers University. Charles Lyot, who is now a chiropractor in the Florida area. Uh, Temple University, Hazleton, uh, outstanding athlete in Hazleton, and uh, started four years for Temple University in football. Walter Fisk, state championship wrestling coach and athlete who wrestled for uh, Lycoming College himself and has coached Wyalusing High School to multiple state championships. He's our Bradford County representative. Morgan Kraft. 2012 and 2016 United States Olympian for shotgun shooting, a non-NCAA sport, but yet recognized as an Olympic-style sport, Uh, took fifth place in the Olympics, and she represents Sullivan County. Uh, Going back to Bo Orlando, he's our Northern Columbia uh, representative. Um, Frank Manjikis. And this is not always about what you've done in athletics. It's how you support athletics. He is uh, being put in this year for... um, Athletic Administration. He is—he's our PIAA chairperson, mm-hmm. and has done so much for the children of our area in keeping it organized and recognized. Uh, and we have two that are posthumously going in. Uh, the first one being uh, Edward Shovels kebeski There's a stadium in Scranton area. He was from the Greenwood section, but his family lives in Wilkesbury, and uh, he's being recognized uh, posthumously for baseball. In 1944, he was catching behind the plate, and Jackie Robinson was batting. The ball came in. He went to reach for the ball. A runner was coming from third. He hit Robinson in the head, tagged the runner out, and broke his hand in that end of the (laughs) season. But his claim to fame was he was right there playing against Jackie Robinson, who is iconically one of the uh, greatest, greatest baseball players and most recognizable in the sport today. And the last is Jane Hellman. Who was very very important in in Title IX gender equity in the Tetonic area? Another Wyoming county uh, representative. She uh, ran the track program and there. Had multiple state championships, and also was huge in the literacy program across the state of Pennsylvania to get children to read more. Uh, but was announced she just passed on us last October. And uh, what a what a wonderful woman! And so so recognizable for women's athletic
0: i would like to have more of the history at some point in time so we'll have to have you come back so where and when again is the banquet how do we get tickets
1: online luzerne county sports hall of fame dot com if you just go uh, go there and you can purchase your tickets right online it's safely secured for your paypal and whatever else you need to do uh, to do to purchase tickets the nomination forms are there if you'd like to. And, and, the, and on the back of what we do with this this banquet, all monies generated are reinfused back into the community. As I told you before, we just bought the PA system for the Challenger Baseball. We're buying athletic uh, equipment for the Special Olympics. We just gave away, and Carol was one of the um, uh, presenters uh, at Hazelton High School to Jacob Hunsinger. Uh, a $500 scholar athlete award. We gave four of those away just a month ago. So $2,000 there. And on the back of of the banquet is how we reinfuse our money to the community. So ticket purchases and buying ads in the back of the program is what allows us to re uh, re, re give back to the community uh, things that they are in need of that they can't find the monies for. That's why. 670 members strong. We have a lot of reach. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of arms out there.
0: It's not just baseball, football, basketball. Mm-hmm. There are so many others that are
2: out there. What I want to talk about really quickly is the Honoring Service the Community and Service Media Award. Last year won the Media Award, and that was Rob Neihard. This year's award will go to... Ed Ackerman, and so he will too be honoring, getting the honor of the Community Service and Media Award, and we will also have Jim Thomas. Uh,
1: had the opportunity uh, to be a part of the YMCA Day programs as a, as a young young child, six and seven years old, spending a whole Saturday afternoon at the YMCA. For and Jim and I are the same age, and we went all through those programs. Jim stayed with the program, and has helped the Wilkesbury YMCA flourish. Uh, what was required of him to make this a viable part of our community. So you
0: have a lot of of awards
1: going out. We want to be community servant leaders. What's that website again? Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame dot com.
0: Coming up next on Special Edition, being in business for 60 years is quite a milestone. But imagine if you did that and you're with your family day in and day out. We'll have that story on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Things have changed over 60 years, but one thing remains the same. The Munley family remains together in their practice of law. Chris Munley, joining us today, and first of all, I have to say, happy anniversary. Now, I know that your family has been involved in law in Northeastern Pennsylvania. You're celebrating 60 years. There are some families who couldn't sit around the dinner table for 60 minutes together. How'd you do this?
3: (laughs) Well, I'd love to be able to take the credit, but the credit belongs to my dad, who... Started the uh, started started our firm back uh, in 1959. Uh, he came out of the uh, the Korean War. He was in the army, and he went to law school on the GI Bill. You know, he was the first person in the family to go to professional school. Uh, his parents both had been members of the Pennsylvania legislature, but never had any formalized legal training. So my father got the ball rolling, and now. Uh, 60 years later. Right now, there's nine members of my family who are lawyers, and the 10th uh, just uh, graduated from law school uh, last week. My nephew, Jack Cartwright, who will be the third-generation monthly lawyer.
0: That's just amazing to me that you have such a family heritage in something that is for the most part a very difficult profession especially how have things changed chris now i know your dad started things back in 1959 things must have been so different then has he told you any stories
3: oh well, the practice of law he says all, he says constantly has changed dramatically in the course of his career in 1959, you couldn't sue a hospital, an ileumocenary institution. Uh, they were protected from suit. Um, you couldn't sue a, a person injured by, in a motor vehicle accident, couldn't bring a lawsuit against General Motors. You didn't have, you didn't have the right to do that. The law has uh, evolved dramatically over the last 60 years, and has become a lot fairer towards the individual. Um, the courthouse has become uh, far more accessible to every person, and it, there's a constant there's a constant change depending upon you know, who who holds the, the seats in the the the, uh, the Supreme Court and the, and the presidency that uh, helps mold uh, federal law, and certainly whoever uh, is uh, elected governor and and is on the state Supreme Court um, does a lot to mold state law but over the last 60 years the law has moved steadily I think in, in, in a very progressive manner so it is uh, it's a much different world today than he started in and, I, and, I, and you know he often says how pleased he is and how happy he is with the changes
0: and of course your dad is he still practicing
3: my father uh, comes to work every day uh, he doesn't carry an active caseload anymore but he still uh, is a vital part of all of the discussions on, on major cases. He has a wealth of knowledge that, and experience that, um, all of us combined um, do not possess. Uh, he's he's personally tried hundreds of cases in his career, uh, and I think has sued every major manufacturer in the United States. So. He can he he gives uh, he gives such a uh, a unique perspective to every every case we have because he's you know he's been through it he's seen every defense that can be thrown up and he's also encountered many of the problems that we face day to day you know for decades so he has uh, he's he's an invaluable asset to us and thankfully you know he still enjoys coming to work every day he's 88 now and, um, and, and is uh, just as bossy today as uh, <laughs> as he was when I started practicing twenty five years. ago.
0: <laughs> well, even in the twenty five years that you have been practicing now, probably one of the biggest. And to him, this must be incredible. The internet.
3: The internet has changed the practice of law uh, dramatically. When my father um, started, he was a criminal defense lawyer. Um, he actually started his first jobs were. Was in the district attorney's office, and he was an assistant DA for ten years, uh, and then he ran unsuccessfully for district attorney, and uh, was then, you know, faced with you know being unemployed and having five kids at the time. So he started private practice, and uh, you know, and started out as a criminal lawyer. But the law, you know, the civil law then started to evolve in the mid to late '60s, and a lot of lawyers. Uh, who had all of the business, uh, did not want to handle uh, certain types of cases because now they became jury trial cases, and they started referring the work to my dad. And that was a big part of his practice, probably up until the 90s, was referral, lawyer-to-lawyer referral. And then the Internet started, and uh, my brother Bob uh, very, very smartly bought our name, uh, Munley.com, because if you notice, most uh, firms don't own, actually, that don't own their name. Right. There was a period of time where um, there were companies that were out there buying every name they could get um, so that you would have to lease it back off of them. So, you know, we were on the front end, really, of putting a lot of money. Uh, into the internet, and that really is my mother's doing. You know, <laughs> my father was uh, a, a brilliant lawyer, but my mother uh, was a genius at you know at marketing and management, and she ran our firm for close to forty years.
0: But she herself is not an attorney.
3: She is not. She is not. But um, uh, I will tell you that it took when she retired, seven people to replace her, and I, that is not a joke. <laughs> it it took seven people to replace her. She was. She did everything. She did the marketing, the management, the hiring, the firing. She uh she she really handled every aspect outside of being the attorney, so that my father could focus solely on, on the practice of law.
0: And now you have female attorneys, which again, back in the day when your father started all this was probably, ooh, dare I say unheard of?
3: Uh there was one. Oh when my father was a young lawyer. Um and uh Leona, and she uh, is still a member of the bar. Um, she was the very first female member of the Lackawanna bar, but it was a rarity, and it was a long time. Um, it was a long time before women took a major role in the bar. I had three sisters who are all lawyers who all practice with me, and they are all very, uh, you know, very good lawyers. Very, you know, very progressive. Very at times very dominant uh, in the profession. So. It has changed in that way, and I guess my father has done his part to to bring that change by bringing three three more three more more women to the bar. Uh, and you know, my sisters take prominent roles. So, my sister Carolyn is the managing partner of our firm. My sister Marion, now is you know the senior partner uh, with my dad's you know, semi retirement, and uh, my sister Bernadine, who was a partner in Philadelphia at a number of different law firms for twenty five years. Came back and uh, she masterminds now um, our, uh, our our internet uh, marketing. Wow. She is. She uh, got that from your million. mom. <laughs> she did. She did, and you know it's funny they they are in daily contact about it. Um, my mother, the internet didn't come around as my mother was seventy years old, right? And uh, my mother, by the time she was seventy one, knew more about how the, the inner workings of the internet. Than most of the salespeople that would come into the office, so it was kind of funny to have some internet salesman come in to try to pitch my mother and want to talk around her, uh, <laughs> bamboozle her, and, and she would be able to take them off at the knees. It was it was actually very comical. They did not expect you know uh, someone you know someone older to be so well attuned to what. What they were actually say, because you can, you know, if you've ever dealt with the internet, people they speak a different language.
0: Yes, absolutely, and of course, when they're coming into a an, a law office, they think, "Oh, well, you don't know anything about this because you're too busy with with doing all this." One of the other things that is um, your family very oriented is community, and I know with your sixtieth year in business now, you're also giving back to the community. Can you tell us a little bit about how that is working and why?
3: my, my dad always had the philosophy um, that you know that it was our responsibility it was his responsibility and now it's become our responsibility to do more um, you know when you have good fortune shine on you it, it is incumbent upon you to do what you can to help others and long before my father, was ever successful in the law, um, he, you know, he recognized that there were times in the year when it was really necessary to help, most especially Christmas. My father, you know, uh, his, his father died uh, when he was very young and uh, very suddenly, and he was gone. And, you know, they was left at a time when there were really no social safety nets in the 40s. And my grandmother was a single mother who raised... My father and my uncle, and I think she did so very successfully. My uncle went on to become a federal judge appointed by Bill Clinton, and my father became one of the preeminent trial lawyers uh, in Pennsylvania, and I think her guiding force really drove him, you know, inspired him, really, to make sure that he gave back. So, you know, he very slowly started, you know, when we were young before I was even born, you know, providing Christmas for, for families that had nothing. And that program, of course, has grown uh, to a, an enormous level now. We call it the Lamplighters. We probably provide Christmas for anywhere between 50 and 70 families every year. Uh, you know, and This is all my father's doing it, toys, clothes, food. And, you know, and it's done on an anonymous basis. We don't do it uh, for really, you know, for a PR basis. Actually, we very rarely even speak about it publicly because my father feels that, you know, for it to be charity, you know, it really has to be something that is, is quiet and, and done for the right reason. So, you know, we have been involved in that. We've been involved with Sister Adrienne for decades in the Friends of the Poor, um, that was uh, an organization that we still had uh, a great association,
0: with. and very appropriate family to family.
3: well, that grew out of our relationship with Sister Adrian, mm-hmm. and the family to family was a program that she and Mary Lou Burney, um created uh, and and has uh, turned into, you know, a, a superstar. I think in, in in the realm of you know in the realm of charitable organizations. You know, and our small part was just providing some advertising to try to help with the fundraising. And that organization has grown dramatically. Absolutely.
0: Now, one of the other things, too, is, and you've already got one under your belt because um, you've already visited St. Vincent de Paul in Wilkesbury, but you're going to be going to St. Francis in Scranton. Can you explain a little bit about how that came about?
3: Well, my sister Bernadine uh, was planning... A way to you know celebrate sixty years uh, in business, and you know, we had uh, you know a lot of the organizations that we've been working with for a long time, and pointed out that it was time to expand and find some new places for us to devote some energy. And you know the unfortunate plight of the homeless in our area um, has grown. Uh, over the last decade. And it is, you know, they are almost an invisible presence uh, on the streets. My sister Bernadine felt that it was very important that, you know, that we do more to help. And I think that, you know, it, it takes us out of what we've been used to doing and it, it gives us a new focus. So I'm very excited about that because. It's a change, and it's an opportunity to really see more. You know, you, you you get in, you go to work every day. You get up, you go to work, you do your thing, you get into a groove, and life is something that really tends to happen around you. You know, it's something you see out the window most days because you're busy working, and you know, and and you really don't see, you know, the the heartache and the struggle that a lot of people face uh, because you're busy in your life. So, you know, this was this was a nice. uh this was a nice reminder of of, of 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 what we you know what we need to do to help,
0: and probably one of the other things too, that um, again when you say monthly you think of the family aspect. So that's where the lawyers are coming from now. The family people having kids, they're I'm assuming getting involved in in law as well. As you just mentioned, that you have another one that will be coming in, and you're also. Trying to help them as well, and not only yours but others by providing scholarships.
3: We we do we have a we have an annual scholarship uh, that again was my sister Bernadine's. Um, that came under my sister Bernadine's direction, and uh, this is to help students um, who, in are gravitating towards the law, people find it very strange that I have five brothers and sisters. And I go to work every day with them. And exactly. I spend all day with them. I have lunch <laughs> with them. Um. You know, we still have. Uh, we still get together for holidays and birthdays. I mean, I spend more time with my siblings than I do with anyone else. And uh, and, and, and it has worked, you know, very very well. Um, I think that you know, understanding that the people that I'm in business with, I know so well, and they know me so well. You know, we don't have to worry. Um, you know, we, we've all gotten along very well throughout our lives. That doesn't mean we don't have fights. We have lots of fights. But the nice part about it is, you know, you can get into um, a very serious disagreement, you know, with uh, with Marion or Dan or Bob and, uh, and really have it be heated and five minutes later turn around and say, where are we going to lunch? You can't really do that with somebody that isn't that... That closely related to you can't you can't have that rebound.
0: So you and, have and it's, it's it seems like you have the positive side of that because I I would think again that there are others that wouldn't be able to relish in that kind of a relationship. Did that come from your parents as well?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think my parents were instrumental in, in, in instilling in us that you know that uh, the person that you have to turn to. Uh, and uh, you know, it, 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 either your brother or your sister—you know—that's who you're going to trust. And my parents, you know, my parents worked together, which is a strange thing. They, you know, they worked—they you know, worked together essentially seven days a week. They ate 21 meals a week together. They drove to work together, drove home, and uh, and 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 had a fabulous relationship. Um, and you know, I know that's a that's a, a dynamic that doesn't work for a lot of people. But it worked very well in my house. And because my parents spent every meal discussing cases, discussing problems, I think that helped all of us come to really gravitate towards the law because we saw you know the change that they were able to make in you know, people's lives who you know were devastated by injuries.
0: Well, it's certainly yeah. it's certainly a fascinating family, Chris. I have you ever thought about a book? Movie.
3: <laughs> Every Play? once in a while, we laugh. <laughs> we laugh about that. It should be a reality show because we, people would have a very hard time believing some of the things that go on in our office. Just yeah, you know, and, and and I guess it's probably like that with everybody's family. But yeah, you know, it's a it's it's a, it's a it's a it really is a wonderful life, and we've been very blessed, extraordinarily blessed. It's, you know, you know, my father created this. My father was the genesis of this whole thing. I don't think that he foresaw what you know what what he would build, uh, but I know he's very proud of it. I know that you know he likes to tell my uncle, who he practiced law with for many years before my uncle became a judge. He likes to tell him every once in a while, you know, Jimmy, I have employees I've never even met. <laughs> he, uh, he just can't fathom that because for so many years it was just him and my mother you know, Donna and Roseanne and, and it was a very small, small operation and 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 it grew, um and, you know, it grew really as we as we all graduated and then it has, you know, continued to grow. We've been I think, uh, very smart with what we've been given. My parents handed us something that was, you know, that they, they made out of whole cloth and struggled to build. And I think we've, we've worked very hard to keep it going. Now what do My we father see? Father was a visionary.
0: Uh, and what do we see for the next sixty years?
3: Well, there's a there's a whole there's a whole generation of butleys now that are finishing that are in college, that are in law school. Um, my brother Bobby's son is in law school. Um, my kids are in high school. My brother Dan's kid, my brother Dan's son, is in college, and he intends on going to law school. So there'll be another generation that you know will start this process all over again, just as we're starting to you know, get older and, and, and retire, they'll be coming up and, 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 and taking over the business. So I hope for the next 100 years uh, that my family continues in the law. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great book, it's a great profession. And uh, it's a profession first. My That's the one thing my father taught us. Nothing else, that while the practice of law is a business, it's a... Uh-oh. He said that the practice of law is, is a business, but... It is, first, uh, a profession, and our obligation is to client first and ourselves second.
0: I'm hearing somebody in the background.
3: Oh, yes, well, <laughs> the, the nice part about this office is that it's bring your dog to work every day. day and, oh, that's uh,
0: awesome! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So what would what would you like to leave our listeners with, Chris? I mean, as far as people knowing your name, people knowing your dad, people knowing you know everything, is there something that they don't know that you would like to leave them with?
3: I I think that you know, anything I'd like them to know is that you know what a good man my father is, and I think that you know he's done his best to to make the world a better place, and I think that. You know, he has instilled in all of us, you know, the values that he had, and uh, I think that's probably been a good part of the measure of any success we've had. Is that you know we've come at this you know honestly and uh, with the intention of helping first. You know, I think that's you know the legacy of both of them. It's been you know that was created by my father, you know, and I think it carries on.
0: Thanks again to Chris Munley for joining us on Special Edition. And congratulations to all the Munleys who have been giving 60 years of service to the community in northeastern Pennsylvania and looking forward to 60-plus more. Don't go away. Some safety tips, especially with fireworks coming up. Welcome back to Special Edition. Just because the 4th of July is now behind us, that doesn't mean summer is anywhere being Near over. There will still be plenty of time for more outdoor activities, including fireworks. And if you're planning on Having any at your celebration for the rest of the summer, Pat DeSarno is joining us. He is the superintendent for fire in the city of Scranton. Pat not only talks about firework safety, but there's still plenty of time for grilling outdoors and cooling off. He'll also have a warning where you shouldn't. Let's start off. It's not only 4th of July now. People have fireworks, but they're just about any time. What are some of the do's and don'ts?
4: Well, uh, Paul, the do's would be use, <laughs> it's obvious, use extreme caution. You know, you see these warnings and hints and everything every year, but just use common sense, you know, be careful, o- obey the um, the laws, that are, the parameters that are set out there by the state, you know, be away from structures, have have some water ready to uh have a water source ready just in case something goes awry um just follow the instructions on the fireworks I, and i have to say you know without getting into a big a big diatribe but um we're not big fans especially the, the paid departments in the bigger cities we're not big fans of this new state law can
0: understand yes. why
4: yes we're, we're we're fighting very hard for um uh, uh, with my with my um Coworker down the line, my uh, my compatriot down there, Chief Jay Delaney from Wilkes-Barre. He's spearheading. He's spearheading this. He's the president of our Pennsylvania Chiefs Association, and we are together trying to uh, lobby this the uh, the legislature to change the laws. We're not going. We're never going to have it changed. We're never going to have it repealed because there's just too much money and in politics involved. Let's be honest. But we're trying to change the laws make the restrictions a little harder, um, and then also allow municipalities to kind of amend their own, put their own spin on the law. Do
0: you have any of that in the Scranton area um, as far as changing the law a We are we,
4: we cannot supersede state law. We cannot exceed the state guidelines set forth. So us.
0: you can't add anything or subtract no, we, we anything? We can't this make fines higher. We
4: can't make the distance as far. That's what we're trying to do, Paul, is trying to make that amend, given get an amendment in there But we can, where municipalities can, kind of t- tailored a lot to what they have. So
0: common sense is always the best thing, but we can't yes. buy it. <laughs> no, you can't you
4: can buy fireworks,
0: but you can't buy the can't common buy sense the to operate common them. Sense. Yes. Speaking of which, let's also talk about the time of year when people are grilling. And there's grilling at home. There's grilling out into the other areas in the woods at a park. Let's start at home. How about some common sense tips there?
4: Common sense. Have the grill far enough away from any structures, any overhanging brush, you know, trees and shrubs, etc. Make sure all your fittings are tight. Make sure you have the proper tank, you know, that's approved and and it's not out of date. There's a little stamp around the rim of, of a propane tank. Make sure your tank's not out of date. And again, all your fittings are tight operate with caution you know be aware of uh, your control knobs on off etc you know so just again common sense and uh outdoors same thing just uh, also you know make sure that it's not you in know a, in, a, in a way where people are going to trip over it bang into it kids especially you know run around you have a family picnic you know kids can also the you know the the burn danger is there too so mm-hmm. Again, just uh, use caution, Paul. You know that, that's what anything with fire safety comes down to. You know, using caution, a little common sense.
0: And when you were talking about that, of course, we think about propane, we think about gas grills, but there are out there a lot of people that are still using the charcoal and you know what happens if it doesn't light the first (laughs) time
4: yeah put more fuel on it yes (laughs) yes ma'am put more fuel on it make the flame higher you know it's kind of like that eddie murphy skit you know that's (laughs) a fire Gus. you know that kind of stuff going on but uh yeah just it'll just follow the instructions you know operate with the instructions have a little patience with the charcoals you know get enough going and uh they will eventually all start burning evenly and have a nice Nice heat source to cook your burger and hot dog up nice.
0: One of the last times that we had you here, you talked about the fire and the smoke detectors that are in homes. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit of the why yeah, those are good and are they still available?
4: Yes. At 100% in Scranton, uh, if you are a city resident, whether you own or rent, you can call our numbers, 348 4164 Hit prompt number one, give your information. And we not only give you smoke detectors and uh, and a CO alarm, uh, we also come out and install them for you. That's the best. Yes. yes. And, you know, so especially with elderly, you know, our, our people just can't get about, you know, the trap. Give us a call. We, we're more than happy to uh, to do that for you. Yes.
0: And why are they so important? Uh,
4: it's it's the it's. We're, they say, you know, we're the first defense. That's the first defense. You know, that's your first defense. You hear that alarm. So many times uh, we've heard stories that, thank God, the smoke detectors went off. We, we heard them. We, we br- woke us out of our sleep or we're out We're in another room. We heard the smoke detector go off. We came into the room and was fire all over the place. You know, the sm- place was filling with smoke. It's just a, it's just a good uh, alarm. It's just a, just a way to give you that, that first sense that there's something wrong going on.
0: And the same thing with the, uh, with the CO detector as well.
4: Yes, yeah, CO detectors are very important, you know, because, um, you know, it's the silent killer. That's what mm-hmm. they call it, carbon monoxide. You know, it's odorless, tasteless, and uh, you, you need that little, that little bit of help to help you just in case, especially if you have a garage, an attached garage, an older furnace, et cetera, things like that. You know, it, it, it's a very big help.
0: One of the other things is uh, people who are going to be keeping cool, and we can't keep them away from the gorge.
4: Oh, you know. <laughs> that's just a whole other ball. Wish I had a picture
0: there. of your face right there.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's 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 said. Just in my my tenure alone as chief, we've had like two fatalities. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's a, that's an awful thing. And I, I'm kind of like do as I say, not as I do, kind of guy because I did that as a as a teen. You know, we and I don't want to. Yes, no, we all, we all did. But it, it's just—I don't know. Just again, Paula, it all comes back to just use a little common sense. Use a little, you're not supposed to be there. I'm not promoting it, but if, if you're gonna if you're gonna sneak in and, and do something, just—I
0: uh, don't know. Just just, just don't. Yeah, how about just, there <laughs> how about you go. just well, don't stay Don't that's go probably, to the gorge. That's probably the best thing to do because you have people then that put their their lives right on the line in order to get down there, and and it's it's not a picnic
4: no you know it's 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 tough to get down in that place you know and, and our guys do they they do put themselves out there you know it, it's it's not a it's not an easy rescue either way you put it any way you try to get into that there's a couple of different ways to get in but none of them are easy access and they're all they're all a little treacherous you know so yes people please stay away from the gorge you know don't be diving in there stay away from killer all of the all of the spots up there yeah
0: Some very good advice there from Pat DeSarno, superintendent of fire in the city of Scranton. The best thing to bring with you, no matter where you travel this summer, your good common sense. Also, thanks to Chris Munley for joining us today and celebrating 60 years with the Munley Law Firm. And we also want to thank Jim Martin and Carol Zuberis from the Luzerne County Sports Hall of
3: Fame. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications.
4: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone
3: 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.